welcome into the Grass Cutter Social Club, a social club for the everyman. If you've ever wondered what three average guys and maybe that other random dude are buzzing about after the lawns are all mowed, this is the spot for you. Now here are your hosts, Branko, Burl, and Ron. Alright gang, we're back and we are into episode 8 and we have inductee number 7. We got Dave VB, but first we got Branko and Ron holding it down with me again. Boys, how are the two of you doing coming back and, uh, and doing this nasty business with me one more time? Just great. Doing good, man. It's, yeah, it's ha- happy to be back. Happy to get our seventh inductee. We planned some good segments. I'm ready to get after it, man. Love it. And Davey B, straight out of the West Coast, man. We got you here from Calgary tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We know this uh, This is a busy time of night for you because it's early there. Well, relatively early. But, yeah, you guys are really uh, hurting for content, scraping the bottom of the barrel here, having to go deep into the Rolodex, eh? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we were looking for someone with uh, with less hair, but you know what? I think I think you uh, you pretty well fit the mold for that one, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I got to balance it out here, there, Burl. You got two flown locks on one side, and then you got uh, low maintenance. Ooh, on the I would other. say that. Dave, Dave, have you heard that Ron's playing hockey again? Yeah, I listened to the last episode there. Talking are you about, are you still playing hockey at all? No, no, I haven't played organized puck since I moved out to Calgary. Like I, uh, so I was living in Toronto, and a buddy of mine in Toronto hooked me up with his buddy out here. And I mean, I'm no Wayne Gretzky, right? But I was playing way well, well below where I should have been playing. Uh, so yeah, so like there was instances where like they give me the puck, we're down a couple goals, and they're telling me to go score a goal. And, <laughs> I walk down the ice, score a goal, and then the next shift, I would just be getting sticks around the head and stuff. <laughs> and so, like, it's their fucking Stanley Cup final on a Tuesday night in the middle of November or something. So, it, uh, yeah. So, I, I stopped that pretty quick because at the time I was still client facing. So, I needed to keep what was left of my pretty face intact. Uh, but yeah, st- did, I haven't played any organized sports, did CrossFit for a bit, and then COVID hit. And now it's just like, got the home gym and, Keeping keeping in shape. That's that a, that's, that's a that's long-winded it. way of saying that they don't make Jofa helmets anymore, and you refuse to play without one. Oh man, I wish <laughs> I wish I still had that. Uh, those those were not safe at all. Like not not the Wayne Gretzky ones, but like the T. Mussolini ones. Yeah. Like the concept was like you get hit, and it's supposed to like spread the <laughs> concussion over your like entire melon. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sh- pretty sure my parents don't bomb me that one not because they thought like this is a cheap one and this is all we're gonna get. It's, I'm pretty sure that's the only one that fit my huge head. Uh, so that's what I had to wear a dome on my head to protect my dome. I'd love to see. I'd love to see you big ogre out on the ice with a Jofa bucket on. Oh, it was tough, man. I'm sure if there, if, I'm sure there's photos or or videos, they they wouldn't do me any uh, any justice. So um yeah it's been better we don't bring up that phase of my my hockey career or any part of my hockey career for that matter ron you got your sea legs about you yet uh feeling any better about being out playing a little puck with the boys or what? it's it's been nice i i was this week reminded about how shitty the scheduling can be so thanksgiving but sure enough monday night of thanksgiving 
11 o'clock game. Like, just, like, I couldn't believe that there's even refs willing to show up at that time. But anyway, it was, uh, it was, it's tough when you're like, man, it's late. And you still got like an hour before you're going to be playing <laughs> your game. It was tough, but we crushed them. They had no chance. And we drove them right into the ice. So at least they had that. So. Just showed them the gate. Out you go, boys. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are men's league, what are men's league refs like? Are they are they decent guys who just love hockey and love showing up, or are they just the worst? Like, what's uh? You you know I'll say I'll say this: playing in a thirty five plus league now, the refs everybody has just taken it down a notch, and it's lovely. Like the refs generally don't give a shit, so they're they're not getting too up in guys' grill. Like it's pretty laid back. It, I think from a refing point of view, it's probably the best gig around compared to like, you know, higher tier hockey with 20 year old hotheads and stuff like that. Like it's pretty chill. There's a, so. there's a plus 40 league out here that I'm just biding my time for, but that's exactly it, man. Just a bunch of hotheads coming out, you know, either coming out of university or working in the oil fields, coming down to Calgary for the, for a couple of weeks, just <laughs> ripping around the ice. Just reckless. Can't deal with that shit. So, yeah, I can't wait until I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> couple years out for you. And Thanks Not so much for finally, me. Did you finally get the but call? So, Are the boys uh, bringing in the big lefty? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got the call. We merged the two teams, which is actually kind of nice because there's, like, more players than, like, you typically have. Like, most teams you kind of set up for – you know, 12 guys, so you have a little bit of buffer for for substitutes, but most nights you're getting, you know, 10, so it's like six forwards, 4D is kind of the sweet spot, but the other night I played, and I think we had, I want to say we had 5D and, and 9 forwards, Oof. or, or yeah, so, something like that. It was a lot. I remember thinking it was a lot. It was like 7 forwards and 5D, like way more than you would usually get. It was nice. Like I was fresh for every shift. Like I felt like I had my legs the whole game. I wasn't just like sucking wind, you know. Mm. Um, you you playing D? Like, yeah, just D. That that's okay. as much as these legs got in them. Um, but also the competition is like you guys were talking about playing in the plus thirty-five. Like th- we're still playing in like a normal league. So that I think the team we played were all kids like in their mid twenties. And like man, <laughs> it's. You got to use like old man tricks, you know, like you got to like kind of grab and do some nefarious stuff to just slow them down. Um, go, go into dirty areas where they're not willing to willing to live. So, but it's good. It's good to be back. And it, it, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun to be Living out there. That underbelly. The, the type of stuff we hated playing older teams. Back oh in my the God. Period, right? I was thinking, I was actually thinking about, that there was that one team with Daniel Alfredson's brother and they were like the older yeah. guys and like just how just like they were so much more efficient at everything and we'd lose and be like how did we lose to these old guys and it's like we're I'm those guys now <laughs> it's like we're winning with like guile and just like kind of like the tortoise going slow and steady for like a, the whole time instead of the young guys like they totally got gassed out they were like forechecking so hard early I was just, my head was spinning. And then by the end, like their goalie just stood on their head and kind of won in the game. But um, yeah, it, it's funny how those roles are reversed. Yeah. Uh, glad you're back out there, man. That's sweet. Well, listen to you guys taking care of yourselves. I'm doing nothing over here with heavy nesting. 
It's it's <laughs> not I'm trying to gain as much weight as quickly as possible. Well, I have Ryan, I think I think the <laughs> I think the hockey conversation is a good little segue into our uh, first segment, no? Look at you go. I love it. Um yeah. We're going let's get right into this uh sports segment we planned for tonight. So for uh for our guests, what we wanted to talk about was the best hockey jerseys or NHL jerseys uh in our memory. And uh so we wanna think of three each. We're gonna talk about a whole bunch. We're not drafting them or putting them in any kind of order. We just wanna share what we love and then uh and then talk about one wild card at the end. So maybe like an Olympic jersey or an OHL or AHL jersey. But the the first question I wanted to pose to you guys before we get into this is like I'm not a jersey in public guy. Like I don't throw one on to like do my grocery shopping or like take Megan out for a nice meal. Um I like my jerseys to be loud and like inappropriate. Like not inappropriate but like Appropriate for the one occasion that is watching sports and hanging out with the boys at the pub or going to the game. And so I like them as loud and as colorful as possible so that they really represent <laughs> your team. Do you guys have any opinions on how you like your jerseys or the design of them or look of them before we get into this? So, so you're saying like not inappropriate, like boner 69 on the back. You know what? I definitely <laughs> always get a chuckle out of some sort of sexual reference on the back or some sort of adjustment of numbers or um yeah i i like when there's a couple and he's the six and she's the nine or you know what i mean like that always <laughs> yeah. makes me uh you know gets me gets me laughing but you i think you guys know what i mean like inappropriate for thanksgiving dinner you know or inappropriate for uh someone's funeral but uh yeah i like them loud and in your face how do you guys feel about your jerseys like do you do you like them subtly designed, Branko? Or are you going for all black on black with uh, with the clean leather? Yeah, yeah, I like clean. I like the clean designs, not not too frilly on the sleeves. You know, just let the let the logo do the talking sort of thing. Uh, but I like I like ones that are like, you know, also have some complexity to it. It just has to speak to me for that reason. So I would say the majority of the ones I probably like are cleaner design, and then the you know there's the odd couple oddballs there that i like for just a kind of ingenuity or something really different ronnie what do you think hmm. i would i i would say like my my collection of jerseys tries to like uh, elicit a feeling in a way it's it's like it's not mainstream like as much as i'd love a gretzky jersey or a lemieux jersey i'm looking for that depth of sports fan to appreciate the sea of the jersey be like oh Ooh. that's a nice jersey the combo of the jersey and the name on the back that's what i'm looking for and that's what some of my jerseys i think well like. said well said i i can appreciate that um but let's uh, get on with this who thinks they've got a one of one who thinks they've got the yeah. best of the best throw it out there and, and let's let's discuss it somebody with some confidence here yeah i'm gonna i'll start one of my absolute favorites I remember always wanting this jersey when I was younger, like in my like teens, but I just didn't have the money to fork over the authentic. I remember always being on eBay looking for this one particular jersey. Can I guess what it is? Uh, sure, you can try. 
or am I or am I going to steal your thunder? Well, I don't, I don't think you'll steal my thunder, but it's a, a home Quebec Nordiques Joe Sackick mm-hmm. jersey. I wanted that thing more than any other jersey, and I remember just like not having the money to spend. Like I remember a couple of people had it on, like the my size too. That CCM, like I think is a fifty six. I think the jerseys are for hockey. And I just wanted that all the time. And it's just a beautiful jersey, like with the the white and blue, the light, ba- like kind of baby blue. Yeah. And the logo is so iconic, you know. It's like that N with the with the hockey stick. Um, yeah, that's my sort of like uh, white whale of jerseys, of hockey jerseys. And it's funny because they're not really a team anymore. But uh, hopefully, eventually, they'll bring them back. Is the home, is that on the uh, white or is that on the baby blue? I like them both. On the white, on the white, yeah. I like the baby yeah. blue personally. That that color is so so. I know, I know. It's just the home is like is just so crisp, like a crisp white, and like I said, minimal design, like not too much in the armbands. You know, Sakic nineteen, classic number, not a lot of letters. Uh, Cro- Croatian descent, so got to rep that too. Um, but yeah, just just beautiful. We're gonna get real horny for these ninety players, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ron, buddy, what's uh, what's your one of one? What's your yeah. uh, best of the best here? That's a great start for us. Uh, it was on my list for sure. Too. Was it? Okay, it was not on my list, but yes, great choice, Branko. Can't go wrong. For my one of one, when I was you know googling NHL classic jerseys, and and this one came up, it was just one of those like, oh yeah, like this just beautiful, beautiful jersey that might not be evident like might not be the first one you think of and i'll name some players and then i want you guys to pick the team and then describe for me the jersey i'm sure you'll get it pretty quickly but some of the players on this team uh i'll give you the era it was like late 80s early 90s that this jersey mostly in the 80s but some of the names were uh john mcclain stefan riche <laughs> <laughs> This has got to be. This has got to be the like uh, home away uh, devils yes. with the green. That's is it. that it? Yeah, that yeah. green and red, that combo with the green shoulder patch. Yes. And then the rest of the red. Yeah, Shanahan I think was on that team too. I think Shanahan played for the Devils when yeah, they had those. Yeah, I was gonna save Shanahan if you guys really needed a a big hit. So play. much better with the green. Yeah. It's so much better with the green. Right. It just yeah. it just makes me think of David Putty like <laughs> devils. <laughs> the thing the thing that I love about that jersey, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this, I I kind of like the subtlety of it, right? The N and then the J that come out of it. Um, it's not loud and in your face; it's just subtle. Right. And, uh, it's it's similar to me. Uh, I don't, I I won't get to it yet. It might it might pop up during the conversation, but with the- yeah, that's a that's a great pick, Ron. And I like going with the. The green. Yeah. The green devil. That's really good. The green and the red. Davey, what's uh what's your uh top notch uh top? It's it's cut it's now back in the NHL as an alternate jersey for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Oh the Hartford Whalers. I'm so glad. Yeah. Like the green the green Hartford Whalers with the with the stripes. Oh, like the horizontal stripes, uh like up the arm too and around the belly. Uh, and again, like you're talking about subtlety, it's yeah. like the H and then the whale tail is the W. Like it's just, it's it's a glorious, it's a glorious jersey. It's a shame they couldn't make uh, hockey work in 
And also and like the, the, the H is the cutout, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you see that in the design. That's right. It's the negative. It's the negative. Yeah. Yeah. So the H, yeah, the H in the middle. And then like, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful yeah. jersey. The W with the whale tail and the hidden H, it's so nice. Uh, and that's what I was going to refer to after talking about the subtlety with the New Jersey mm -hmm. jersey. And you're right. Like, they, they brought it back. Did you see what colorways they brought it back in? They didn't just do the the white and the green. They've also got like a gray one, like a matte. the gray man. The gray is so slick. Holy really? smokes! Yeah, yeah. Not a fan. No, green white. Oh no, you don't like the gray. No, you like it's loud. Yeah. It's actually the, uh, all right. Just because I'm in that design world, that the guy his name's Peter Good. He's like a graphic designer. He actually just like recently passed away, and they like had a whole. I remember reading an article about how he came up with it. And it's it's it, I can send it around. It's it's really interesting and yeah, like David B. This is definitely on my uh, on my list of like uh, like the top three immediately, I guess. But great choice. Mine, uh, I'm going original six, and I'm still kind of waffling, but I, I think I got to stick with a hometown guy that just made me fall in love. To be honest with with watching hockey in the the late 90s early aughts when they were playing the abs and those those pretty big finals it's the red wings like those bright red fire engine red with the the hubcap and the uh the spoke wheel in it and then the detail in the wings it, it's just a chef's kiss like not too much uh, but just enough and then to put it on that fire engine red color is you can see it from 10 miles away you know exactly what it is you don't even need the person to turn around you know it's a, a red wings jersey and stevie y growing up in ottawa you know the eiserman arena down at the sportsplex you you just knew it right mm -hmm. like you uh and i wanted one of those i wanted a stevie y red wings jersey especially when they were playing those abs and and back and forth with the uh the devils and stuff like it was just a an awesome era for them when we were growing up uh were you were you a wing were you a wings fan growing up i was not like i i was a sense fan right and i wanted my senators to win but i think you know how you kind of like waffle between a team it was because the red wings were doing so much more right like when the Sens were floundering, the Sens only started in '92 with like you know you got Brad exactly. Brad Marsh and whoever the fuck they had on that team, Peterson Dorkovich exactly. and that's. And so when it's playoff season, you want to root for somebody during the the prime time hockey season, that playoff season, and it was easy to cheer for the Red Wings with uh, Stevie Y. Plus they were a northern mm. northern uh, American team, right? You, you maybe didn't you? I didn't want to cheer for the Leafs or the Habs. That was for sure. So the Red Wings were an easy uh, consolation prize. Yeah. I was jerseys. I was a huge Wings fan. So like like we had season tickets like up in the nosebleeds for the Sens. So I'd go with my dad and stuff. But it's like to your point, like it was they were new and they were floundering. And so my brother was a, a Leafs fan prior to the Sens like coming around. And so I wanted to find my own team, and I ended up going with the Wings. And just like those that like ninety five to ninety seven run. Uh, where McCarty like McCarty like undressed the Flyers defenseman and came in and tucked it in for the goal like so sick that grind line with Maltby Draper and McCarty Whoa. just awesome I love I loved that yeah. Yanni Ninema that was the defenseman was it <laughs> was it Yanni oh Yanni Ninema man you want to talk some swag too Sergey Fedorov and that team 
with the Nike skates, the white and the black skate. Oh yeah. Like just oh, those, those Nike those Nike them. hockey commercials. Remember those? They're like the oh, goalie yeah. who couldn't stop Fedorov and he's like now a landscaper wearing full like gear or he's like a taxi cab driver. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't own very many hockey jerseys, but I do own two Detroit jerseys, both Datsuk jerseys. Uh, and I'm totally on the same wavelength things as you, Ryan. Like I'm an Ottawa fan because I just moved to Ottawa and always like live and breathe the senators but like the, the the team i always wanted to cheat on ottawa with was always detroit like they were just such a model franchise and just like always did it the right way and like yeah the jersey's beautiful and like i just love Datsuk. he's like my favorite player and i just like i don't own that many sense jerseys but i definitely own two dat two different Datsuk detroit jerseys and i i i always uh um get a lot of like uh, props when people see them see me wearing it to the ODR or anything. People are always like, "Oh, nice choice," and I'm I always take pride in that um, uh, having that Detroit jersey. So maybe I need to get some more Ottawa jerseys. It's kind of embarrassing. How about that other Detroit jersey from that era? The one that just said Detroit across the front with the, the lines. Yeah, yeah, they're alternate. Yeah, yeah, the alternate with the words across it. I mean. I got to be honest, the thing that I do love about NHL jerseys versus basketball, baseball, and football jerseys mm. is those huge logos. Like, right? Like, it's so unique to the NHL to just paste this big, ridiculous thing on your chest, right? And that sort of harks back to me loving that loud, like, in-your-face thing. So, like, you're not going to seem on my list. The Rangers aren't going to be there with their, you know, their pretty college lettering across the chest. Um I, I do like that Detroit jersey, but the thing I love about NHL jerseys is just those big, ridiculous uh, logos. But you're right. That's a, that's a real nice one. Okay. I will go with my second one, which is another classic NHL jersey and also a, a favorite hockey player of mine uh, from back in the day. Uh, he didn't play there for long, but he definitely made a huge impact on the city, and it is a, a blue Winnipeg Jets, Timu Solani jersey with just like where it says Winnipeg Jets in the circle or whatever. I'm looking at it right now. But the blue one, number eight. Man, that thing is sweet. Man, Solani. You keep picking guys that have worn that jersey for like, what, two seasons? Three, like Sakic wore the Nordiques for like two seasons. Solani wore that Jets jersey for like two seasons. Yeah, and I'm picking Canadian teams too. But man, like I'm just looking at it right now. It's like... The blue is like that sort of like royal blue. It just like pops. Like it's just so much blue. It's like a sea of blue. And and they had the red pants. So really like the contrast was nice. Oh. And just Solani was nasty. 76 goals in one year. You know, like how could you not love You know that? that he never like, uh, he never like came within 10 goals of that. Like his initial like rookie season. Or might've been even yeah. 20 goals. Like it was such a flash. Like just a great first season. On that jersey, somebody some would say a finish flash, but yes. Ho oh, ho! Uh, the jersey, the one thing I see, I I love the jersey, but there's one thing that like I I mark I mark it down on, and it's the like long stripes down the arms, rather than being like perpendicular to your arm, it's like parallel. For the one I'm looking at, that's not the one. I think you're thinking of the oh, okay. you're thinking of the ones that that had the. Uh, well, I think it it had. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's the one that had the, 
the blue circle with the white jersey and it has the no thing oh, okay. coming down. I don't like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like, I'm trying to sh hold on. Oh, I'll, sh I'll share it with you guys in the thread, but uh, anyways. But yeah, the stripes are going, the, the stripes are going like around the elbow, not like down the arm. Gotcha. No, no. I, I like the classic. We're talking the classic okay. way. This is really putting our podcast skills to the test, talking about a yeah. visual, uh, yes, spending a half yes, hour correct. talking about visuals correct. for our listeners. Everybody's just like, what the fuck are these guys Get, get it together, guys. Ron, buddy, what's uh, what's your next one on your We're list? We're going to the land of the lakes, Minnesota, the North Stars. You, Ryan, you, mentioned, you mentioned the lettering, oh, God. the N with the star on the top, and just that shade of green, just that, you know, with the gold. Home away, Ronnie. Home or away? Uh, I'm going to go with the away. Get get more green in there. Yeah, the green. Mike Medano on the back, maybe. You know? That's that's a beauty. So good. Yeah, that's great. I had that on my list. Like, if this was a draft, that was that. Like, I was between that and the Hartford Whalers is my number one. So I was hoping it would be there for me to pick. But, man, that's a sweet and jersey. I think Dallas is really making a mess of – I, it's so funny because we pick jerseys and it feels like the franchises make a mess of their jerseys after these. You have to take it also with a grain of salt because it's a huge marketing thing, right? Like, I don't think they're coming out with new jerseys necessarily because they don't like the old design. It's just that, like, creating a new logo sells a lot more new jerseys and people spend a lot more money. So you have to look at it from that lens as well. Like, so I, like, I get, I don't like it, but I also kind of get it from them trying to make mm -hmm. money. Anyways, sorry. The uh, the the wild though are bringing it back, right? So like they're, I think I don't know if it's their primary, but at least their alternate, they're at least using the color scheme with oh. the like wild bear logo or whatever it is. Oh. Yeah, mm. I didn't know Smart. that. Yeah, so it's a. It's That'll a, be interesting. I'd like to see that. It's a sick color scheme, but yeah, it's a it's a top top ten all time mm -hmm. jersey for sure. That's another one that you can see from the end of the block. You, you know right away that they're wearing a Minnesota North Stars jersey. It, remind, it just reminds me of, like, Blades of Steel. Like, there was, what, like, six or eight teams you can pick, and the North Stars was one of them. It's just such oh, a great I jersey. can remember opening hockey cards, and, like, yeah. I don't remember what year it was, but it always had the team symbol in the bottom corner of the card, and there was just something about getting a North Star card in that, in that deck. It was just it's so clean. It's a pretty sweet yeah. logo, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. That is That is sick um davy what's uh what's next on your list if ron's stealing stealing what was next well two well yeah two questions so uh swearing are we swearing or no swearing this is piece okay. you've, already, you've already sworn everybody has been swearing so yes okay uh, you get tasteful though That'd yeah be uh, yeah okay um and then the other one was are we doing names like are we also doing jerseys and names because i didn't think we were doing oh that. just i didn't plan that the but... thing okay so the thing with the names on the back is like, you got to be careful because they could end up saying something stupid and then get canceled. And now you're walking around with like a racist on the back of your Jersey. <laughs> That's a risk you got to be willing to take. <laughs> yeah. Like I had it like Chipper, I had a Chipper Jones Braves Jersey when we were doing, and he ended up saying something like racist. I'm like, I can't fucking wear this Jersey anymore. What the fuck? <laughs> and then like over time, 
over time, like that has like quieted and like he's on like whatever TNT or whatever doing baseball play by play now. So I don't think it's an issue. But like at the time, there was like three, four years where I couldn't wear that jersey. Right it's now. ironic that you think that the Chipper Jones part is bad on top of the fact that you're wearing an Atlanta Braves jersey with with a machete on the front of it. So I don't know which one is more problematic. But yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, you make a good point, right? So speaking of which, I was going to say you can't. You can't wear a John Rocker jersey around anymore. Like that—that's just yeah. obvious that you're a racist. So <laughs> Chipper Jones, you're still out, yeah. though. So it'll be interesting based on that comment to see if another jersey pops up. But uh, so what I had on my list was uh, the Phoenix Coyotes, but the Kachinga—if that's how you pronounce it—that jersey, like the yeah. the original that came out, and if we're doing numbers on the back, JR on the back, uh, just. It's such a, like at the time when it came out, it was so, it was so like juxtaposed against the rest of the league. It was so stark because everything else just had like, it was wings, halves, leaves, you know, simple relative logos. And then you had this like loud, abrasive color scheme, uh, like the, the horizontal lines around the, yeah, the horizontal lines around the box, they weren't lines. They had to do it differently checkered. But now, like you know, twenty years later, you look at it and it's like, man, it was ahead of its time, and it, it's a really slick jersey. Yeah, and they're they're bringing those back uh, back yeah. a little bit, I eh, yeah. know. And I think it's like it's like what the Aztec sort of zigzags with the the forest green, maroon, rust, and black. It was like yeah, it's slick. Yeah, it's nice. It was it was a bright color combo. So good though. So good. Yeah, great choice, Davey. I love that. JR too, yeah. God, this is so tough because I know there's like eight of mine that aren't going to get said. Um, I'm going with Roberto Luongo back in the Florida Panthers days. That jumping panther with the hockey stick in its mouth was just a bananas logo. Like when I first saw it come out, I wanted that as a kid. I wanted that jersey just because of that like leaping – at you panther and then i also love about that jersey i love the shoulder crests with just the tropical uh palm trees on it like just so florida like flexing like yeah we play hockey but it's real nice here where we play hockey (laughs) like sitting in canada freezing your freezing your arse off it's like oh man these guys get to go to a rink and have a lot of fun playing hockey and then they get to go to the beach that sounds sweet. And no income tax. And no income tax, yeah. But Luongo is the guy that you think of when you see that jersey? Yeah, that was my uh, that was my first thought. The big, tall, six foot five, greased back uh, Italian wearing that uh, wearing that jersey. That was the one I imagine. Who do who do you who do you picture when you see that jersey? I think it's uh, like either Melonby or um, Ben Beesbrook. Oh yeah, John Van Beesburg. Okay. Nice oh, yeah. call, Davey. Yeah, that's but that was like that because that was the that was the team that ended up going to the uh, the Cup Finals against the Avs, and I believe it was Mellonby who killed the rat in the in like the dressing room, and that's why they were throwing rubber rats on the ice after every fucking goal, where Patrick Waugh had to hide in the net because he was getting pelted with him. Oh yeah, I remember that clip where he's just tucked under the goal net and they're just raining down rubber rats. Yeah, every goal, every goal, they would fucking throw like rubber rats, and there was a ten-minute stoppage to clear the fucking ice. It's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. Um, 
Did Pavel Bury also yeah. play for the Panthers for like a, yeah. a minute? Yeah. Eh? Um, I do remember that I had a Pavel Bury hockey card. All right. And he was in like a Razorback muscle shirt and short shorts on roller skates. I remember that. And then the back wow. of the card, the back of the card was him sitting on like a a steel like a steel fence beachside, and then it had all his stats. And I was like, I thought it was the worst hockey card ever. Like, what's the point of this card? <laughs> He's not in hockey gear at all. He's on rollerblades. But now it's one of the most memorable cards I've ever opened. Just because it was so ridiculous and over the top. Never uh, never went inside his own blue line. Hung out by the red line the entire game. That's funny you mentioned that, that, that phase <laughs> of his career, Ryan, because I distinctly remember going to a game, I think, with my dad when he played for Florida. And for like they had Peter Worrell on his line, who was like a goon, who clearly was on the ice to just like beat up anybody who like put a finger on him. And all Beret did was kind of like hover from like his own blue line and just kind of circle in the neutral zone, just waiting for a breakout pass. And that's all he did. Like just literally all he had in his mind was scoring goals. He didn't play any defense. Good, good player though. God bless him. Yeah, real good player. Frank's buddy, keep this train on the tracks. What's uh? What's... Okay, okay. I'll go quick with my last one. I want uh, a late 80s, early 90s, white Buffalo Sabres, Alexander McGillney jersey. I love that design, the, the, the shield with the, the two Sabres and the Buffalo above it, the mostly white with, like, blue and yellow uh, highlights. And uh, another, another kind of guy that came from Europe and just lit it up. Uh, was like a pretty pretty great player uh, most of his career. So give me a give me a white Sabres McGillney, please. It's like we're making a Christmas list. <laughs> that is a great choice. Yeah. Well, McGillney, uh, yeah. and it's a shame that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Like he was one of the first, if not the, like he was one of the first, if not the first Russian, like uh, like individual. I can't, I think I can't think of the word right now. But the Russian individual basically like left, defector, like, escaped defector. Russia. Defector, yeah. thank you. Yeah. He he was the first one. He he got uh, he got drafted, uh, but like nobody thought that he would come over. And then like they were at some tournament in Sweden, I think, some world like like a world championships or something. And he like basically escaped in like the trunk of a car, and like the U.S. consulate like helped him get all like the the like defector sort of papers or whatever he needed to like kind of like get over safely. Because at that time, like the you know communism was crumbling, but it was still like super you know sketchy to do anything like that. And he he was the first one, and then I think Fedorov was like the next one, and then you know Larionov and, and some of those guys that played on Detroit, especially. Uh, but yeah, sick, a, a trailblazer, so to speak. All right, I'm gonna go with a jersey that I have, and I wear it frequently, and. It's the Dale Hunter, number 32, Washington Capitals, Stars and Stripes. <laughs> Just a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of hockey vintage wear. And all the stars. And I'll throw in a little bonus. The pant with the stars on the side of the pant that also go down. Just, just a work of art. Chef's kiss, right, Your Honor? So good. That's right. <laughs> really good. That's a sweet jersey. And he's quite, uh, quite, a, quite an awesome player to throw in the back there too. Both the work, like just being such a hothead, like 
chaos player in the NHL. And then uh, he's done good work afterwards as well with the uh, the London Knights there. Yeah. Uh, so I so this is the last of the NHL ones for me. And uh, the Atlanta Braves comment now has me shy of like selecting the other gorgeous jersey, just given the the uh, potential implications of it. So so I'll. I'll yeah, so I'll shy away from that. And my other one that I had picked was uh, he was drafted by the Nordiques, never played for him, ended up going to the Philadelphia Flyers. So uh-huh. Lindros Flyers jersey. That's uh, so like the and again not the stripes down the arm, but the uh, the stripes around the elbow or like around the cuff. Mm. So it wasn't yeah, around yeah. the elbow; it had like black up from like the cuff up to the elbow like those ones so like around the time that they were playing like the wings in the finals and stuff like in the 90s that's uh that's and the orange right yeah of course yeah legion of doom yeah renberg leclerc lindros yeah just a bunch of seven foot monsters he uh he never won a cup though right no never won the cup i mean that's a whole other episode you guys could do on teams that don't win championships write that down burl there's a there's a topic for you or players. There we go. Greatest yeah. players never to win. There we go. Um, I'm super conflicted. I'm going all kinds of ways. I, I picked two red jerseys, so I got to go off the red. And I'm I'm going with one that I loved as a kid. And I, I don't know if I could name. You guys are going to scold me because I can't name a, a decent player from them from when we were young. But I'm going to throw it out to the ugliest player in NHL history. And I'm picking Mike Ricci's. Mike Ricci's San Jose Sharks jersey. That that San Jose Sharks jersey is so much fun on the on the teal blue with the shark eating the hockey stick and coming right out. And Mike Ricci is one of the ugliest mugs, greasiest looking guys the NHL's ever seen. I uh, very nice. I used to love those Man. those San Jose Sharks jersey. I actually have a cousin that was drafted by them. Went to a couple of camps, but never, uh, never laced them up. Oh, them, so. Owen, Owen, uh, Owen Nolan. Yeah, yeah, that's a good throwback. Yeah, I thought of Shark Archer or Patty Archer Survey. Yeah, Patty Marlowe. Pat Saloon. Patty Marlowe. How long did Marlowe play for them, though? It a long time. What do you mean a long time? Like he was there forever. Yeah. Was he? Oh, I thought he was with the Penguins for a while before he went there, and then. Uh... No, no, no. He played there for like a good fifteen years because his career was like twenty-four years or something like that. Like he played for he played for Toronto, played for I think the Penguins maybe, North Star or the just no he didn't play for them the North Star or not the North Stars but the Wild. I can't even remember. He's played for a bunch of teams. The the Owen um, Nolan Nolan just great great throwback was it it. Was it an all-star game where he pointed to the top yeah. corner? And then on Hasek. It? Oh. On Hasek, man. He came in. That was like, I want to say it was the hat trick goal. Like he was just having one of those, like just a great all-star game when the all-star game was actually like interesting. Yeah. And just came yeah. in and just called a shot and fucking bar down. Oh, okay. Yeah. And another name? I was going to say, I was going to say, you can't say San Jose Sharks without Archer's Urbe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that kid he had. What a name! Looked like he had a lobster cage on his face. And, <laughs> and you know, he, and he was a phenomenal individual, eh? Like he played with the same pair of fucking pads, and he would fix them. And all the new gear he got, he would send it back to I think it was Latvia, for like the uh, like wow, the like he builds houses out of it. 
<laughs> I thought, Ronnie, I thought you were going to talk about All-Star games. You're going to talk about Danny Heatley. Oh. Where he had like that four goal game, like or whatever it was. That was a, that was again back when All Star games like were somewhat entertaining. That's right. Also, I like I, I love I love that like your one redeeming quality about Archer survey is how incredibly <laughs> cheap he was, even though he was a professional hockey player and could have gotten anything he wanted. It's like no, no, he he sewed his pads back up. What a great guy. <laughs> Yeah, 100%, man. <laughs> Fucking professional athletes nowadays blowing their money and, like, taking guns around and, like, getting canceled and shit. Listen, like, he's, he, was, he was an everyman. He's getting paid millions of dollars. And you know what? He's driving around. He's like Charlie Blackman. He's driving around in a fucking 1990 pickup truck. <laughs> one of us. One of us. One of us. Yeah, exactly. Also, I'd like to tie a bow on that jersey selection by saying that Mike Ricci is one of, like, I want to say... 13 or 14 NHL players all time to score five goals in a game, which is an interesting factoid. Nice. Oh, that I is an interesting factoid. Did you just scroll down some Mike no, Ricci no, stats? It, no, no. It, I, I just knew that for some reason because it's all like these like, you know, prolific scorers and then it's like Mike Ricci's on that list. I'd seen that like maybe 10 years ago or something. It's like something I remember. That's so funny. So, Burl, when you put this on YouTube, you got to put, like, the more you know, that star <laughs> shooting across the screen when Branko says that. Oh, Branko's obscure statistics and ridiculous sports names that he pulls out. I'd be that should be a fucking That should be a fucking segment. Branko's Bush League Fuckers. <laughs> ridiculous statistics. <laughs> All right, Frank. What you got for a wild card for us? You're going to have to. You know what? This is kind of hard, but I like a jersey that I've always thought, again, real clean and simple, not not too many frills and, and a really good um, kind of a track record behind this team. And it is the the Swedish national team, the Trey Kroner. Mm. Like the the bright ass yellow oh. with the with the kind of like you know royalish blue. Yeah. And it's super simple, nothing too much. And they just like every time you play them you know exactly who they are and they're just like you know, obviously stacked, stacked teams, won a gold medal at the Olympics. Like, what else do you want to say? Um, and as far as what player, probably taking Alfredson, yeah. hometown boy. But I wouldn't be upset with a Lidstrom also. Mm. Um, but yeah, just just a beautiful, beautiful jersey. And, a, and an honorable mention that I was also thinking about, just on the side, was the the Finnish Elite League, the Jokerit, uh I can't remember. It's like, I think the team's name is Jokerit, and it just, it's a joker. That's their team logo, and I thought that one was kind of cool, but I think the Swedish national team is the one I'm going to go as my uh, off-the-board pick. Nice pick. Um, Ronnie, buddy? I'm going to go a bit of a, I'm sticking in the international theme, and a bit of a throwback to, like, I think it was probably NHL 2002, the video game, but and uh, Alex and I used to always play, but Team Japan just had a red sun circle in the middle of their jersey. <laughs> it's like a big target. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going Team Japan and uh, the red sun circle jersey. Yeah, that's so good. I love it. And to make a video game reference, or to have to pull it out of a video game, because I don't know if I've ever seen them play a game. <laughs> in my life but that's that's real good ron 
I'm, go I'm Googling it now, and there's a couple of different iterations. One is just, it's a white jersey with red shoulders, and it says Japan on it. <laughs> uh, I like the red dot idea, though. For me, so Blackhawks was obviously the, the jersey I was alluding to earlier. I'm just going through the NHL one since no one's going to talk about NHL yeah. anymore. But Blackhawks was another one that I wanted to like throw out. Like It is a gorgeous jersey. And yeah, it's like contentious. Uh, the the Blackhawks can you know say that they're doing it for the right reasons, but there's a lot of Indigenous groups that are saying no. But it still is quite a beautiful jersey. Um, anyway, so for my wild card, there's a few of them uh, that I had here, but I'm gonna keep it close to home. So Alberta based. I'm gonna go with the Alberta. Golden Bears jersey. Oh, that goofy bear. CIS. Yeah, yeah. So Canadian University Hockey. Uh, the one that actually has like the bear with the little like dinky hat on top. Like that's that's the logo. Yeah. So like the menacing bear. He looks like he's up to trouble, man. Yeah, but it, you know, similar color scheme to that of the North Stars, but just uh, so I, like the green and you know, green and gold, green and yellow like color combo. For those in Ottawa, the Gloucester Rangers had that you know similar color scheme. Nice, but uh, yeah, it's... great choice, Dave. Really, I really yeah. like that. And Dave, I gotta agree with you, man. That Blackhawks jersey, like, there's there's no qualms here. It was probably like I wanted to go with an original six team, and I was waffling between that and the Red Wings jersey. But then obviously Stevie Y and that connection. But those the color scheme on that Blackhawks jersey, it's just gorgeous. It's stunning. Um, so I can't disagree with, with you making that honorable mention there. Uh, for me, I'm going to quickly say that I was really tempted to go with the local 67th OHL jersey and that barber pole yeah. design. So unique, so good. But I have to go with my heart. And I, I really wanted to pick a Canada jersey. And I hope you guys can applaud me on my selection. I'm going with the Canada jerseys from the Spangler Cup. Any iteration, you don't see them anywhere. And I want all the advertising, all the ridiculousness <laughs> all over them, right? Like it's this it's this little double maple leaf crest. Um, it's not tied to Team Canada hockey at all. Uh, super, like I just don't see them. Ooh, I don't see them in public. Yeah, okay. I've always wanted a Team Canada jersey. But I think I want to go more obscure. And I feel like the Spangler, Spangler Cup is one of those sports destinations and, like, sporting events that's on my list to do, right? Like, to travel Who, to. Who's, yeah, to, to go up to, what is it, in Davos? Yeah. Yeah. In that old barn, like, reminiscent of, like, Earl Armstrong with the exposed wooden beams and stuff. Like, yeah, it would be bonkers. Yeah. Who's the, uh, who's the name? Uh, who's, who's the name on the back? Though? Oh, my God. Um, I couldn't name. God damn. That would always One be the, the um, would that always be the teams in the NHL that miss the playoffs? Some of those players would go play. No. So it's the Euro it's the European. So it's the European League, and every Christmas they have this like uh cross team like in, in season tournament. And so they'll have the best teams playing each other, and then of all of the non best teams, all of the Canadian players get together and build a super oh. Canadian team. So it's these random Canadian guys from different teams just play playing European against yeah. the best club teams in like whatever league that is. Ooh. And supposedly, anyway, Ron, I, it's like it's a hockey event to be attended. Yeah, like I, I know. I'm, I know, like how crazy. Yeah, the 
the games get. That yeah, it'd be sweet. I don't know. Who would you name? Who would you put on the back? I, I want to know, like Branks, Branks, do you got anybody you put on the back of that? <laughs> I've got one guy. On the team team Canada jersey, like for Spengler? For Spengler. You gotta you gotta think of guys that are like washed up that like their like their their careers kinda ended before like you would logically think they would in the NHL. They might have played some Europe. Like I remember like a couple of seasons ago, like Daniel Winnick was like one of the best players in the tournament and he was like sort of a second line centerman for the Leafs at the end of his career. So it's like players like that, but I can't like nobody comes to mind that like the one guy I remember played for the wings for a hot second and then I saw him in the Spengler Cup was uh Damian Brunner. Okay. He was like really slick puck handling like guy, kind of had all the nasty moves, but like just obviously his yeah. game didn't fit. The, uh, the North American the, system. So the player, oh, yeah. the player I'm sitting here just like giggling to myself about, Nat Domicelli. Oh, oh yeah, sure. That he so he ended up playing a couple of years in the NHL, uh, but then ended up going over and playing for. I'm looking at his profile here, so like HC Longo and SC Burn, and anyway, so he's he was always on the fucking Spangler Cup Canada team. It was always great, Nat Domicelli. Yeah, like just like it's just like it's like a like like name some guys, you know, like guys that had a taste of NHL, probably played like you know a couple seasons, but really ultimately that's where you end up remembering them from is that like they had a they were like the sickest player at this random tournament in Switzerland. Well, I mean, growing up, like the the World Juniors were always in Europe. I think when we were growing up, or like more often than not. And so it ended up being like you'd get up early, watch the World Juniors, and then shortly thereafter on TSN, it was the Spangler Cup. So I'd like inevitably end up watching them back to back. Had no fucking clue like who these players were or what was going on or why the ice yeah. was so fucking big. But uh, it was it was just, yeah, to your point, Ryan, about like on the bucket list, like that would be an, an amazing trip to go out there and do that. Yeah, so that's why I threw it on here and I – I just gave a little honorable mention of those 67 barber poles, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's a pretty well-rounded selection there, boys that, uh, that we've gone and made. And, and with all that, with all that being said, let's take a little break and, and come right back. Just a quick one here, guys. If you're liking what you're hearing and enjoying our podcast, hit that share button and send it over to a friend of yours. See if they like it too. Leave us a short review before the end of the episode. We have some more exciting projects dropping in May. Stay tuned here at the pod or check out our Instagram at Grasscutter Social Club for more. Now back to the boys to wrap this thing up. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around with us. We are back and we are talking about Winnebago living. Davey, buddy, I got to be honest. Branks and Ron were sending me this picture of this old sweetheart of yours. And I got real horny looking at her because <laughs> I had a long conversation with my wife trying to convince her to do the exact same thing. So why don't you tell us, what did you go and buy? Yeah, what is that? that like, Give us the deets. Get, drop drop some stats on us about this old girl that you keep flashing us. Yeah, so we, uh, we ended up buying a 1975 GMC Vandura that was made, uh, that was built out of, I want to say it was Winfield, B.C., so it's, uh, yeah. So uh, the background on this is Aaron, uh, and, I, and I was told coming onto this podcast uh, to monitor what I was saying, not to uh, discredit or sully 
uh, myself, my wife, or either of our <laughs> So, <laughs> so that disclaimer we'll aside, uh, it was my wife. It was my wife's idea throwing her under the bus or the RV in this case. Um, we've always talked about like getting a, a place somewhere. Aaron's family had a place out in Fernie, BC before it became like a, 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 like a big ski hill resort type place. And they ended up selling that. And now like nowadays you can't get a condo on there for like less than like a million bucks, let's say. Um, but we always wanted like a, you know, having kids, we always want to have like a vacation spot. Um, and then just like, didn't work out. Um, I work, you know, I work in financial services, we do financial planning and it doesn't make sense. Like we've done hundreds of plans for people and like second properties rarely make sense for people. Um, and so as a, uh, you know, consolation prize, I guess you could say to an extent, uh, Aaron goes on Kijiji and basically sees this, uh, this RV that's for sale, 9,000 bucks um you know 130 kilometers on it 1975 uh the owners lived in it like with their two kids and dogs during covid and like took it from calgary out to vancouver island uh multiple times so like it's roadworthy they've upgraded it we went over and looked at it the previous owners were like like really good people and like even after i gave them the money they're like okay come on over and i'll like spend three hours of my time walking you through everything we've done with it right so um it is like there's you know solar panels and the interior is redone and new mattresses and all this kind of stuff and it's like yeah it's, it's a really nice little rv you know it's it's only like 20 it's a 25 footer um but it's a fucking 1975 engine and like everything else so this thing is built for comfort not for fucking oh, speed. Yeah. and so we're going and so we're, we're driving three hours from calgary to pincher creek to go camping and like this thing can only get over 100 miles an hour if you're like going downhill with it. <laughs> and even then you're scared the brakes, uh, the, those brakes are getting real. Oh my God. Yeah. So the, bra the brakes have got to get checked out. And like, if you ask Aaron, like I was a fucking total mess. Like I'm, I'm quite the, um, I'm quite the planner and I like having things in order and Aaron's very big picture. And she's like, oh, we'll figure it out when we get there kind of deal. Um, and so I'm worried just like, is the fucking thing going to break down on the side of the road or the brakes going to fail or whatever. Right. So I'm stressed out driving down there. We ended up getting down there and we camped and it was a great little experience. I got it in before the cold weather came. Uh, but it's, it's what I get, it's called a two and a half hour, three hour drive. So 300 kilometers. Uh, it's a, it's a hundred liter fucking gas tank and we burned through a hundred liters to a 300 kilometers. Wow. So basically we're getting, we're getting three kilometers to the fucking liter on this thing. <laughs> So it's like the whole, like the thing, like with our like parents were talking about with the muscle cars back in the day, being like, you can drive, you know, you can drive past anything, but not the gas station type deal, right? So, anyways, so yeah, so we have, and it's gorgeous for those because you can't see, like those listeners because you can't see the fucking picture. It's like retro brown on yellow on white, we're, like color. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to post pictures on our Instagram account so so our listeners yeah. can get a better idea of what we're talking about. So. Be prepared. Be prepared yeah. to share. Yeah, we're not gonna put a picture of Dave. We'll put a picture of his Winnebago underneath our grass. Yes. Cutters, you know, grass what do you mean that picture? That like surprisingly, that that profile picture I took took me a lot longer than I care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta be honest. I'm super jealous, and I was uh, I was blessed to get five months off paternity leave, and Megan was off at the same time with our youngest just recently, Dave, and I was 
God, I was sending her pictures of the same thing. Old Winnebago, sleeps four people, drive it down the road, camp out. You know, how long could this last? I don't know. How long could it last us? For five grand, six grand, seven grand, eight grand. Just trying to see if I could get that that fish to nibble that hook. Come on, take a bite, take a bite. <laughs> she did not take a bite. She does not love the idea of living in an old Winnebago, even for a weekend. So I applaud you and Aaron for uh, for diving in. Are you handy? Are you mechanical? Like, can you... No, I'm like, I'm not a gearhead, uh, like when it comes to cars and stuff, but like YouTube's there. So it's like, you know, it's, it gets, it's got dually tires on the back and it's got drum brakes and it's like, uh, you have to like retension the drum brakes and stuff. And they've got YouTube tutorials and stuff. Uh, so you can like figure out most of it. Uh, and the older cars, there's like no computers, right? So it's all just like, it's mechanical. Yeah. So it's not that complex to like figure out. So like we had to replace like the. The gas line had, you know, it's a rubber gas line that's old. It had a little, like, leak in it. So whatever, you go to Canadian Tire, get a new piece, you cut it, and you attach it with one of those little clamps. So you can figure that out. But, like, if the fucking transmission blew or something happened with the actual, like, engine machined yeah. parts, yeah, like, I'm going I'm going down to, like, the, yeah, I'm fucked. That's still Dave, awesome. Dave, Dave, what do your kids think of the Winnebago? Oh, they yeah. love it. Like, it's part, so right we, we got it like later in the year and we were late to the game in terms of trying to find parking for it. So our place here in town, um, it's a rear detached garage. So we got like a hundred foot long driveway uh, and it's fairly wide at one point. So we have it parked on there for now. And when it's nice, like the kids want to go out and like, play in it. It's like, so they, they have a blast. Like there's bunk beds and the parents, we sleep in like the, whatever it's called, like the, the mother-in-law attic yeah. or whatever the hell Mom's it is. Attic, like, yeah. above the driver's yeah. seat. Yeah, so we sleep up there. It's got like a gas burner inside if it's cold out and you need to like cook. Uh, but we have like Erin, to her credit, like the reason why she wanted to do this, like she, before she met, was like a, a big like outdoors person, camped, backcountry, like skied and stuff and whatnot. So uh, so she's got a ton of camping gear. Nice. So it's like we just throw it in there and it's like, so we you pull up in your camp spot, uh, plug into power if they have power, plug into water if they have water. If not, you've like carried it with you and then you're just um, – yeah, you got your little stove that you cook and stuff. So home base, I love That's it. Deep. Yeah, well, yeah, like man. So I, I had my family had one just like that when I was a teenager. My parents, I think they wanted to take us out to BC in it, but we never, we never went to BC. I think in part, Dave, for like, like what you found, like just the. The amount of gas they eat through and the speed that they can go through but we had some good memories in that thing a few good summer trips i can remember you talked about the speed i can remember my dad <laughs> down <laughs> to southern ontario to see uh to see his parents we go down every summer and th- there'd be some big hills up up and down when you, you know bruce peninsula go through there and there was this one gargantuan hill like, like great shot and you could see it and like it, we pinned that Winnebago as hard as it would go as hard as it would go to get it up that hill and like it was the most nerve-wracking thing for me as like a 14 year old like you can't do anything to help it's it's awkward because your your dad's like cussing and getting upset <laughs> 
but we we just made it to the top of that hill and it was like shaking and the whole nine yards <laughs> and then one of the time one of the time the starter blew on it yeah and so he had to find like a 1975 starter for this thing and we were in algonquin park and like we, we so it took all day to get a starter for it he could just walk in a canadian tire they put the winnebago on a flatbed put it up on that and then we all rode in the winnebago on top of the flatbed to the garage like a few kilometers down the road and we were like 25 <laughs> feet up in the air like just driving to the garage it was wild yeah that's safe that's safe that'll, that'll... oh man i always wanted to ride in that that top part that uh, mom's attic or whatever like i always wanted to ride in that while it was driving but my my mom and dad never let us of course and rightly so <laughs> i mean that's instant death if there's any kind of <laughs> yeah. stopping on the brake it's a it's a broken arm at least at the very least Rob. <laughs> it's a broken arm you said it's aaron's idea you keep putting this at her feet but now you you've got it and what where are you taking it what's your uh what's your destination of like where are you hauling aaron and the kids to against their will to to check out for davy bees you you uh so like the thing with alberta is there's no fresh water right there's a lot of like there's man-made lakes and then like any like waters like standing like slew water on the side of the road that you wouldn't want to go and swim in and then on top of that like this is my this is my ontario showing but it's like the man-made lakes. It's like you got a fucking bald-ass prairie and then a hole in the ground with water in it. And so even if you wanted to go swimming, the wind is whipping through there so fucking like hard that it's just there's waves because you can't bring kids mm -hmm. in and shit. So it's – so, I mean, like ideally we'd have like a cottage on a lake somewhere, probably to call it a west, like a cabin. Uh, so like this is a – it's the nearest like it's really like – lake country that we'd have here so you can go north uh like towards edmonton or there's like one lake up there or you go out into bc and then when you get into bc you're like it's like Kelowna type area where you're dealing with like nhlers and like these are mcmansions on a on a lake so the the winnebago like fits the nice niche here where it's like you don't have to shell out for a physical like brick and mortar house and you can still find water, whether it's in BC or you go down south, like Waterton or down into Montana. Uh, nice. Speaking of which, uh, hidden gem. So when I came out here, like what, it's almost 10 years ago now. I had no fucking clue about Montana yeah. and Idaho. And it, and it is a fucking hidden gem of North America, like Montana, uh, Montana, uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Like it's just like unreal. Really? Country my, my parents. So my parents are from out there and. And my dad's got some friends that own some property in Montana and the pictures were like out of postcards, like from their back step. So you're, you're looking at them sitting there playing cards, drinking beer, and it's like just mountains and lakes and unbelievable Montana. Yeah. Definitely one of those hidden gems. How yeah. far is it? So like, yeah. How far is it from Calgary? Oh, like from here? Uh, three and a half, four hours, depending on the That's border crossing, high. I would say, like to get down to white, to get down to like Whitefish and Glacier National Parks. Nice. Um, but yeah, so like for us, it's this is a is a more of a and given given how much fucking gas this thing burns, like you got you got to be doing like four or five day trips at a time, right? So you'll be taking the week off for a long weekend. Um, so 
but yeah, it's, just, it's basically we'd want to do a couple hour trip, try to avoid the mountains if possible, because this thing's not going up any hills. Um, but yeah, just getting out to like some campground that has some water nearby that you can like get the kids in and wade uh, within that sort of like that's called three hour radius. Most of the water is going to be glacier fed, so it's going to be frigid anyways. But it, it, and it's a hot day and there's no humidity and the kids are baking like you get them into the water and it's great. But that's pretty much what we're doing with that. It's like short trips. The kids are still like five and two and a half. So it's like it's tough to do anything bigger where you're going to like a Kelowna or like long term, not with this RV, but maybe you get like a new remodeled like Sprinter van. We'd love to be able to do like a trip up to the Yukon and then down the coast, which would be just like unreal. But the roads, like when you get north of like Fort Mac, the roads apparently are just like mud. Yeah, until you get to like Yellowknife. So, mm. what do you, uh, any idea what your neighbors think of that? Like when you first got it and pulled it up, they're like, oh no, like this. Yeah, uh, RVing is a big culture out here, man. Okay. So, every other neighbor, uh, every other neighbor on our street has got an RV. Buddy, uh, buddy across the way, great guy, lived on Hawaii for years, wears the fucking shortest jean cutoff shorts, <laughs> long, long ponytail like he's got a skullet ponytail oh, wow. uh but just a pure beauty so he's got a so he's got an rv parked on his uh, on his driveway and uh you know i'm chatting with him about it and talking like complaining I, I complain a lot right so complaining about gas mileage and he's like dave we call ours the white buffalo the buffalo is a plains animal it's not good at going up hills <laughs> so <laughs> Well, yeah, so like we got no problem with neighbors. And in fact, the guys who live right next door, they're a young couple, moved in a month before we did. No kids, younger couple. During COVID, they, yeah, the guy quit his finance job and he started a custom sprinter van company. Mm. So they actually like build their own little like, you know, camper or sprinter van type deals. So it's like I've got a lot of resources around me, given my lack of uh mechanics knowledge and ability, I can just like outsource that to my neighbors. So are you gonna are you going to drive this thing into the ground? I, I I really hope not because if you drive it into the ground, I don't want to be there when that right, happens, right, right. especially with my kids. So, I, but you know what? I got no plan. Like I'll, I'll take care of it. You'll change the oil. You change the tires, you know, get it checked right. out. And I, what I read online, like one of the selling features, what like it's a Chevy small block engine and like apparently the 19, like 71 to 1976, like engine models, like ran for like a million miles. So this thing's got like a 130 kilometers on it. So that gave me a lot of confidence being like, well, you know what, worst case scenario, it's still going to have some like trade in value. Yeah. Those Vanduras uh, were famous for that. And to be honest, like for it to be a 75 in good shape, it's almost a collectible. Like every day you own it, it almost gets more valuable if you're not killing them. <laughs> yeah. When, when when does the Sunfire become a collector's item? That's what I want. <laughs> Dave, follow-up question. How much is a, one of those Sprinter vans? What's a, like a new Sprinter van go for? Oh, fuck, man. Like 150K, man. Oh, wow. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, like Erin looked into this beforehand, and that's why she ended up settling on this. Uh, but it's like, yeah, if you wanted to get like a fully like stocked out, and I'm sure you can even go higher than that, but it's like 150K. Like it's a Benz. I think it's a Mercedes, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Anyways, this section is just turning into like Dave tells you about his Winnebago. Hey, man, that's, this is yeah. what we were talking about. Earlier. That's what it was. <laughs> that was the plan. You're all horny you to hear about your sweet Winnebago. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how many people like message Ryan saying, when the hell are you going to talk about Winnebagos? It happens. <laughs> and this is it. 
We brought you on specially for your Winnebago. Like comparing like Winnebago camping, hotel, cottage, like it's a, like teach their own, right? Like, and it's a lot to do with like the dollars in the sense, especially nowadays, like to buy a home, let alone call cottage, like it prices so many people out. And you think of like the good times we had at Connor's cottage, shout out Connor. Um, like we had such a great time hanging out in Shawville on his lake. Um, and I'd love to recreate that for my family, like having just a home base where it's like, yeah, there's a big sunk cost, but then it's just, it's, it's there and you can go whenever. And like, I mean, Ronnie, you can speak to that. You guys got the family place. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the family cottage now more than ever with the young kids and getting up there. It's, it's amazing. It makes our summer every year. Yeah, I hear you. It, but you're right. It is to each their own. Um, there's something about being able to go anywhere you want, as long as it's not up a hill, I guess, uh, for, for the Winnebago, then you're all set. But I wanted to mention too, I mean, we can't, we can't have all this talk of Winnebago's without, without mentioning Winnebago, man. And that video from <laughs> the, the 2010s or, I don't know. That was one of the first viral videos that I remember. But that guy, I, I don't know if he's still alive, but damn, he put Winnebago's on the map. I showed that to, uh, so we got a small, we got a small team relatively. You know, we got eight people, but we have got a couple of young folks, like under 30s, right? And so there's one guy, he's like eight, like 24, 25. And he said something about flies, right? Like, oh, there's so many flies. I'm like, God damn <laughs> fucking flies. And he looked at me like I was fucking crazy. I'm like, you don't know Winnebago, man? And he's like, no, I don't. So I had to show him it. And he's like, oh, I think I saw that before. Like, just different generation. But, and made, like, made me feel so fucking old, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, like, I, like, still to this day, things will come up. And it's like, and I say something like accoutrement. And, like, address will be like, Coutremont, what the fuck is Coutremont? <laughs> I love when he's like, would you do me this kindness? Like, that's what I always think of. Don't slam the fucking door. <laughs> I gotta be honest, Dave. But... I, I love the idea, man. I grew up doing road trips back and forth to, uh, like, Keswick, Ontario, and, and driving all over the place. I love driving, and some of my fondest memories as a kid were going on road trips, and I could only imagine that God, when you're hauling your whole house on your back with, you know, all the pets in tow and, and the kids in the back, it'd be just awesome, fantastic. So I think that was my biggest barrier, I think, to overcome was just like realizing it's not your car, so it's not going to drive like it. It's not going to have the same conveniences. And it's like, I think everyone here has kind of talked about like the experience, mm. especially with kids, right? Like we want to give them those experiences. Mm. Uh and where where Ronnie's dad might have been fucking having an aneurysm going up that, <laughs> that fucking mountain. Uh, Ronnie takes away from it is just this amazing experience being like that trip was so awesome. Like me and my brother or me and my sister, yeah. like we just had like such a like a riot, right? So that's what I'm trying to like improve in my head. My mental game is just being like, you know what? Like, don't lose your fucking shit. Like this is for the kids. This is gonna be fun. Luckily, I think they're still young enough that they haven't formed any long-term memories that they won't remember anything before this. <laughs> so that's what I'm hoping for, anyway. They haven't they haven't noticed when your knuckles turn white on the uh, on that brown well, canvas both, steering wheel. Both, yeah, both kid. Oh man, and the steering the steering wheel is like this. It is a friggin' boat. 
it's like it's like yeah yeah it's like yeah like kramer being like and now i'm driving the bus it's like that like i drive it from the bottom like this <laughs> that must be so comfortable that must feel so good it is pretty sweet and the steering wheel is so thin like it's a thin thin like ribbed plastic it's it's very it's very nice in the hands yeah. But, uh, yeah i mean when you're on a straight shot i feel like you could just rest your arm on that bad boy and it just probably feels so nice it's yeah so when you when you just like and like concede the fact that this thing is not a race car and it's like it is a literal boat on wheels it's it changed the game like going down to pincher creek it was one thing but coming back i just realized you know like i'm riding the slow lane and if need be, I'm just turning the fucking hazards on and I'm just enjoying life. And it was like, like rather quite enjoyable. Yeah. It's got great like leaf suspension in the back. The whole thing's fucking leaf jumping suspension. all over the place. Having a good time. Yeah. So it's just bumping down the road. Yeah. The, uh, the Before we move on like to the next topic, but like on camping, because we never really talked about that. That's more of a, like to me, a skill set. You know what I mean? Like it's... I don't enjoy camping, but if I was more of an outdoorsman and I could do like literal backcountry camping, cause I'm like, I don't know if it's the same in Ontario, but like in Alberta, they have like, like log cabins that are like along like a multi-day hiking route. So you can like book the cabin and like hike out towards there and then camp overnight before you get to like the cabin and you spend the night there. So if I was an outdoorsman and I understood like, how to cauterize a wound or like slaughter a rabbit and like feed my family. Like, I think I'd enjoy camping a lot more, but I think like not, not so much now. I feel like slaughter a rabbit's not high on the necessities list when you're looking for camping skills. But I mean, I get what you're saying. It's uh, it's the idea that you need all the accoutrement as well as, you know, the skills to, to put those to use. Right. Like, um, and this is this, Winnebago idea that you guys have had is the happy medium in between. So it's probably, it's probably Aaron's way of just easing you into the next thing that she's going to pull on you. She's big backcountry uh, camper. Man. Like, I mean, we, uh, we do want to do like the downside with camping and RV camping is just like, you don't have any space, right? You pull into your parking spot and you might be next to somebody else. If it's a long weekend. So like the, the attractiveness is doing anything backcountry, like backcountry skiing, backcountry camping is just like, it's space. Like the biggest thing uh, that I still remark on whenever I travel home, you know, you go on air Canada and you see that map of like the cities around you when you're like, you know, flying, it's like, Oh, there's Pittsburgh, which I've never been to. And then there's Detroit and then there's Toronto or whatever um you go out west and it's like there's winnipeg and there's saskatoon and then there's like miles and miles of nothing and it's just like you go out here and it's like you go for a hike and you could do like those legitimate like backcountry hikes to these cabins and it's just like you could be the only person for like hundreds of kilometers yeah, that's wild. and so like it's wild it is wild and it is so freeing at the same time and I think that that's one of the things that Aaron and I want to get the kids into at some point is doing like a, a big portage trip or something like that, like down the Mackenzie or wow. something crazy. Awesome. Yeah. That'd be, amazing. I don't have the skill to do that. I don't have the skill to do that at this point. So I got to take some courses and learn how to do that shit. Otherwise my kids are going to get eaten by bears. <laughs> so, well, Dave, Hey, last question before we carry on. Did you name her yet? Did you name that old beast in the driveway? 
No, we haven't named her. Okay. Well, you gotta you gotta christen her after this. That's for sure. The last the last car that I've named, Ronnie probably knows the car's name. Oh, the Mercedes. Uh, Do you remember? Oh my God! No, it's not coming to me. That uh, that caramel Mercedes with the phone in the uh, in the dash. No, we didn't have a phone. It was a diesel, like a E three hundred or a three hundred D diesel, like gold car. I mean, uh, that car was amazing. It was a fucking tank. Of, it was a tank of a car. We drove that to to Halifax with fucking Randall and Ronnie playing dueling banjos at five in the morning and getting pulled over by the RCMP. And they were doing an exchange program at the time with a cop from Louisiana. And the guy literally slid across his roof, like fucking Dukes of Hazard to come and run after Ronnie. Who was anyways, that's a, that's a story. Have me on the podcast again. And I can retell that story, but no, uh, Wesley, Wesley. Thank you. Wesley was yes. the last car. And that was from the, that was from the Simpsons. Hey, well, you and Aaron and the kids got to get on a name for uh, for this old beauty in the driveway. <laughs> Listen, guys, we're going to take, uh, take our last break, and we'll come back in just a couple minutes. Are you new to the game of yard maintenance and home ownership? Maybe parenting? Are you feeling as though you can't find the shoe that suits every occasion? Well, look no further. The grass cutters are the shoe for you. These versatile utility shoes are best for walking, pushing a lawnmower or stroller, shoveling, and making sure that everything is just right. So if you need something that is built to last, has boatloads of comfort and miles of function, look no further than the grass cutters. All right, guys, we're back, and this is uh, this is our third segment. We're talking some food. It's the holiday season. We've just had our Canadian thanksgiving and for those of you that might be in the states listening who haven't had thanksgiving yet maybe this will get you salivating but we also have the holidays coming up so we're talking holiday plates what what we're looking for on our plates what the best things are at the the table that we can't wait to get our hands on some of those favorite appetizers that uh that makes our make our mouths water and and then those desserts to cap it all off guys what are you uh what are you reaching for for an appetizer when it uh comes to these delicious holiday meals i'll, I'll go first the uh, one that uh stands out to me and that's uh it's a staple at uh, uh my wife's family's house is a is a baked brie uh i never really uh really like did that or knew about it as, a, as an appetizer kind of like a little starter where you're sitting around before the meal's already, but man, when you just get it out of the oven and you just put a little bit on a cracker or something, whew, that that really slaps. And like a charcuterie, like I'm kind of thinking charcuterie, but that's sort of the 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 sort of the the leader of the pack. And then you got you know some maybe some nuts and spreads and cheeses and stuff. But the the baked brie is sort of the 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 leader of the pack in that sense. And that's something that stands out to me. What about you guys? My my family, my dad always gets a shrimp ring. There's always a shrimp ring. Oh, nice. Before my brother's just frigging vacuum when it comes to shrimp. You gotta get it (laughs) before he gets over. My brother's the same way, Ronnie. Yeah, just hoovered up shrimp for sure. Yeah, Davey, you. uh... I think it 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 depends on what your day looks like. So if you're a family that's like it's an all day event versus like it's just a dinner afternoon, 
the big brie, the comment I have on that is that, so in my family, and it's extended now that we're all, you know, we all have our own families living across the country. For some reason, it was always like a competition between me and my brother who could eat more plates of like at dinner. So it's like a baked brie. Uh, it's a heavy, that's a heavy appetite. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's because it's delicious and I can't control myself and I'll fucking I'll demo half of that. So for me, knowing that I'm going to like gorge myself at dinner, you got to keep it light. So I'm thinking it's like chips, pretzels, maybe some candy nuts, <laughs> uh, shrimp. Shrimp is fairly light, so if you're doing a bigger gathering, shrimp, shrimp rings. So you're only eating a, like a handful of them. But I mean, like we just had uh, so Thanksgiving now, it was me, Aaron, it was three adults, me, Aaron, Aaron's mom, and then the two kids. So, I mean, we're still eating turkey and it's what, six days later. So like we got way too much food. And if we ended up getting a shrimp ring, there's like no way in hell I would have eaten half of my turkey. So I'm doing, I'm doing like chips, something light, kind of got to keep it light. All of it. I, I'm with you, Briggs, like, especially if there's not like a ham. I know that some people do a ham. Some people don't do a ham. I love a a nice cured meat. And my dad always did these, um, these bacon wrapped water chestnuts. Uh, And then he'd marinate them in like a a soy sauce to make them extra salty, just so salty. And then after he put them on the pan to bake them, sprinkle them with some brown sugar to to sweeten it up and, and set them off a little bit. And to be honest, just that, that hit of salty meat before you sat down for your meal, it was like, where's, where's my beer or my wine or my water. And then let's eat. Like it was just a perfect sort of, uh, palate, palate prepper for what was about to happen. Man, I, yeah. I like a nice salty meat before, uh, <laughs> before the big, the big event. But, uh, Ron, I loved your refreshing shrimp. You're not getting much of that at, at dinner. You don't need the seafood involved in the other stuff. So, having some of that to, to get your night started. And I totally get it, Dave, keeping it light. But for the main course, for the meal, what's going on your plate? What do you got to have? I know there's a couple things on my list. I'll go last because I'm I'm thinking a couple of my things aren't coming up on, on all of yours. So why don't you kick it off? Sure. I can, I can start again. I mean, uh, obviously being a <laughs> – a foreigner and an immigrant uh uh thanksgiving dinners were a little bit foreign to me and it was something that like my family kind of picked up later on in my time but for me like stuffing was always the best thing like i could i just loved stuffing more than anything else like that all the croutons and all the stuff that was in there was like just so like wet with flavor and just you i just felt like it was slop like i could just (laughs) eat as much of it as possible so i would say stuffing for sure was the like the most important then a couple slices of like white turkey i never had ham so that's something that i maybe in the future will happen who knows but a couple slices of white uh white meat and then you know, some Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, some some combo of those. Not a huge cranberry guy. Don't really care for it. Like I know it's sort of a tradition, but I never really, uh, I never really, you know, saw the the need to add that in. And then just you know, uh, one of those little gravy boats just half emptied onto my plate to just <laughs> just make it a nice soup. Um, and and you know like. That's just right down the chute. 
and see what happens. See if you can stay awake. <laughs> Sounds to me, Branks, like you're a wet stuffing kind of guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Guilty. Guilty. Slop, slop some of that wet stuffing on there. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't mind the wet stuff. I mean, Jess's family <laughs> makes a really nice stuffing, and, but it's always crisped up. It's always like broiled, you know, in the oven, so it gets those nice crispy bits on it. I'm quite yes, yes, yes. That. Yeah. exactly like that. Yeah, but I mean, like the gravy is gonna make it wet anyway. So even if you do get it a little crispy, that the yes. the, the, the the gravy shower will just kind of dampen it nice, nice and get back right back to nice. that wet state. Like my first bite of Thanksgiving dinner, it's the stuffing too. I'm with you there. Like that's I the first you with the fork. The, but the thing is to me, like the meat, no matter how you make it and how you prep it, like it's just white turkey or you know brown turkey. There's nothing really like unique about it and, and when I think about it. But what is unique is that other stuff. You know, you can really go many different ways. Turkey's turkey, but like stuffing, you can go a lot of different ways and. You know, the times I've, all the times I've had it, I've, it's never really let me down, all the different variations. So that, that's where I kind of land on that. Branks, the only use turkey serves is the fact that it is a fucking gigantic bird that feeds <laughs> plus people, and there's somehow always leftovers. Yeah. But you're right. It's like a tasteless bird. It's just, it's the fact that it services so many goddamn people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 me, guys. Ron, I want to hear what you guys. There, there's two dishes I want to mention here that stand out to me. One of them, uh, my mother-in-law just hits out of the park every time, and I didn't, I never had it before uh, being invited to the Caldwells. But it was, it's a, it's a broccoli cheese dish with like, kind of like a shredded almond on top. It's like oh absolutely fantastic and i'm always getting chopped up or is it just like whole like pieces of broccoli with like cheese intermingled with the big pieces of broccoli oh just just so much cheese sauce yeah i like to to eat my vegetables slathered in cheese sauce (laughs) so good good. like that'll that'll be something i i'll have at every thanksgiving for sure and then my dad makes this really nice squash dish. He's really stepped his game up at Thanksgiving a lot. <laughs> uh, give him credit. Uh, he makes so much food. Like he makes, he'll literally make like seven or eight different sides. Like just different types of bean dishes and yeah. cauliflower and broccoli. Uh, and the sides set it off. Yeah. But he makes a really nice one. And it has uh, like, it has like, crushed crackers on top <laughs> like i don't know where he finds it but it's actually quite it's uh quite tasty so i'll, I'll go with that one too i'd have to find the recipe but yeah were, were you guys branks were you uh in the bird or stovetop stuffing well he's talking in the bird 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 and and ronnie you were in the bird too okay so that's what you meant by like wet i like a, i like a so you like my dad makes a very wet stuffing, like soppingly wet. So you do the wet stuffing, but then you're saying you take it out and then you put it under the broiler to crisp it up. That's right. That's uh, right. Okay. When I make when I make my stuffing, yes, right. yeah, that's how I like to do it. Yeah, 
No, I'm uh, I'm stovetop on that side of things. It might have been a sacrilege. No, um, no, no, that's still delicious. But uh, yeah, so turkey, I think consensus is it is just a vessel for other foods to be attached to it. Uh, growing up, like I'd come home from university and my mom would always like make a dinner because like Dave's the favorite child, apparently. Uh, so Dave, Dave the fave is apparently what my siblings call me. Because when I would come home, my mom, like, so my sister would come home and it would just be like whatever day, but I'd come home and like, they would make a big turkey dinner. So it makes me feel really good about <laughs> that. But, uh, I realized like, I actually don't like turkey. I like all the other fixings and stuff. Right. So, but ham is a definitely, it's, it's, it's a hell no. You do not do ham at Thanksgiving. My mom did it one year and my dad, so my mom made ham. And it was like four in the afternoon. Ham comes out of the out of the oven, and my dad, who never never cooked, later in life, like he has now gotten into cooking for some reason, but like never cooked while we were younger. Saw that there was ham, and then drove to the store to get a turkey <laughs> at like four in the afternoon before we were supposed to eat dinner that night at like six. Um, but yeah, so so no ham, turkeys a go. But if you wanted to do something else like fatty meat, so something like a. I would do like a brisket or a big like prime rib. I could abs I'd be a hundred percent on board for that mm. if that was our new family tradition. Mm. But stovetop, so turkey stovetop dressing, uh, and it can be different. You know, it's an onion. There might be like, maybe some people pieces of apple. Maybe my mom did like a sausage stuffing one year, which was out of this world. Which yeah, was really nice. good. Um, but uh, yeah, so turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, gotta be mashed. Uh, Brussels sprouts or broccoli, one of those two. I like a carrots or beets maybe. And then my mom does this um, turnip mash with like an, it's like an apple crumble, but it's a mixture of like apple and turnip. It's basically like dessert while you're like eating your main. Mm, awesome. Ridiculous. So that, and then, and then gravy, and it's a yes for cranberry. You got to have something to cut the blandness and the fat, you know, a little like tartness. Yeah, you got to have that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Burl, I'm really interested. You, you preface this whole thing being like, I'm going to go last because I got some weird <laughs> shit that no one else knows. So no. I, I was going to say, I'm a Brussels sprouts guy, first and foremost. I knew I was going to hear some beans and probably some broccoli stuff, but like Brussels sprouts are the way to go to get to my heart for sure for the vegetable side. And then like, listen, I like mashed potatoes as much as the next guy. And my mother-in-law, she can cook her rear end off. It's unbelievable. Some of the stuff she puts out, but if I see scallop potatoes, it's that all day. Like I could not eat another potato dish. I, and like, I get the mashed potato thing, putting the gravy on top, but scallop potatoes, so much more effort, so much more time and to get them right. Unbelievable. But, but then you you're having ham with those scalloped potatoes, no? I know what you're saying. I, I'm eating everything. <laughs> I'm putting it all on the plate. Like Megan always raises her eyebrows at the heaping mound of food that I that I'm hauling back to the table. And then whenever like because at Megan's family house there's six kids, so there always ends up being sixteen to twenty of us sitting around. And I always end up trapped. Oh. So there's always the awkward, like, does anybody <laughs> want anything else? And I like slowly like raise my hand. What would you like? I'll take one of everything and then hand my 
my vacant plate back across the table to have somebody walk around keeping all of uh, this extra stuff on there. Here's a here's a question, a qualifier for the food, regardless of what your sort of plate setup is. Are you like are you guys like big heavy first plate and then see how you feel for seconds? Or are you kind of like, let me just ease into this a little bit of everything, see what I like. And then the second plate is like, <laughs> just give me more of the stuff I like and no extra bullshit. I'm very much in camp too, where I take a medium sized place and then, then yeah. my second plate is just like straight like mashed potatoes and stuffing, you know, with like a ton of gravy on it. So I'd love to hear yeah. where you guys stand. Uh, I, I'm the same. I'm the latter. My second plate is often bigger than my first. <laughs> I'm I'm also camp two, but the problem with being camp two is that you can't be trapped. <laughs> I can't I can't pass my plate across the table to one of Megan's siblings and then ask them specifically to That's get tough. me. You gotta get a different <laughs> you know, spot. Give me a good scoop of this and a little scoop of that and a scoop of something else. I'm because I'm trapped. I'm just kind of like ah, give it all to me and I'll figure it out. <laughs> no, you go, you go you go into it thanksgiving dinner christmas dinner whatever you go into it thinking you're having three plates so the first like the first plate is a big plate of everything you can't insult the chef you got to eat everything and yeah. then second plate might be a bit of a smaller plate might be a little bit of everything again or you know some combination but you got to have everything so two plates <laughs> everything and then third plate might just be turkey gravy mashed potatoes that's and really, like, again, I'm thinking just back to, like, younger days. It's like you're just competing with, like, I was literally competing with my brother on, like, who is eating the most. Nice. To, to cap yeah. mine off, I love a surprise dish. So, like, Megan's sister, I think it was a couple of years ago, brought this great mac and cheese to Thanksgiving dinner, which is something you don't need. You don't need a heavy mac and cheese in the middle of Thanksgiving but I can't help myself and it was unbelievable. And I'm pretty sure I just sat there while everybody was cleaning the dishes, just like finishing off this, uh, this mac who was and the, cheese. Who was the host? Who was the host for that dinner? It was Megan's mom always hosts, but we all bring one extra dish, right? So she usually makes the turkey and the ham and then she'll make at least three sides and then she asks you know somebody to bring a salad somebody to bring an appetizer somebody to bring another side all right yeah. i was just going to say like if this was a the, like a reverse where it was like her mom but you brought the side like you're risking like insulting being like i'm bringing a better side than you're <laughs> offering type deal oh and there's yeah. there's pressure like when you bring a side to uh to betty's house like you can't slump on the side like if you if you drop the ball it's obvious that your side sucks because <laughs> like Betty's plates, she just throws, she just throws out the whole thing. No one's eating it. And just like, like while you're looking, just scrapes it into the garbage. Yeah. I, I don't even want to bring it home. It's not... <laughs> exactly. exactly. Cause if you've dropped the ball, it's, it's pretty clear. Like Betty's plates are empty and your plate might as well just go in the trash and just throw the ceramic out. Don't even, <laughs> or, or or she or she puts the cover back on and be like, "Hey, you want to take this home with you?" That's yeah, yeah, untouched, untouched. <laughs> yeah, such a backhanded way of like take this with you. Yeah, so uh, there's a little bit of pressure there for sure when you bring something. But um, it's, what it's one fun. thing came up this year? So assuming we're all cooking turkey, how do you guys cook the turkey? Breast down or breast up? Both. Hmm? 
Press press down for the first bit and then turn it up for the last hour. Wow. Take the cover off. Yeah. Let it crisp up a little bit. Yeah, you gotta cook so you cook it down because the the greasy, juicy back. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember like one year, Burl was, I think it was you actually. Didn't you bring chicken back? That was me. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> and they caught on yeah. fire and it was an inferno on the barbecue. Yeah. But yeah, like there's just so greasy, but you let that grease drip down. And so this was the first year that I did that. Just like when I'm putting the turkey in, I'm just like, I've always cooked chicken's breast down. I'm like, why am I not doing it this way? And it turned out phenomenal. Wow. Like you've yeah, cooked your breast down the whole time. For... Well, yeah, uh, breast down the whole time until like, but then like at the end, I turned the broiler. Yeah. On okay. Okay. Like, Brilliant. Like, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. I love it guys. Any desserts? What are the, uh, how do you sweeten? Like, and okay, here's another question. How long do you wait between your <laughs> plates? Like, do you just go right into the dessert and just keep filing it on? It's so it's sort of it's sort of like running a marathon. You can't stop. Like you have this like sort of inertia to to the whole evening. If you stop and like have time to think, like you probably won't want to have anything else. Whereas like my my thought is like as soon as somebody brings it up, like who's up for dessert? I'm like, hand up, like send it over here. Give me a quarter piece of pumpkin pie. <laughs> and when they say a quarter piece, I mean like legitimately just give me a quarter of the of the pan, please. I don't and, and what I like about what I like about pumpkin pie is it's very plain like it's plain, but you can throw a little bit of like, you know whipping cream or something on top of it. But it's just like it just goes and it's like a little bit sweet, but it also has like that pumpkin flavor to it that 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 doesn't overwhelm you and the the crust man like pie crust i could just eat pie crust on their own um so sign me up for for a quarter piece of pumpkin pie please. nice uh, what about you I guys li I, I like to wait and i'm never in control of the timeline so i'll eat it when it's ready but i like when the pie is put back in the oven after the oven's kind of turned off and so the pie can reheat and that's usually enough time for the main plates to be cleared. You know, you get up, you walk around a little bit. If you're like me, you you go out the front door, just cool off because you're sweating. <laughs> so that's always nice. I got to let the dog out. You just kind of go out there and untuck your shirt maybe and just let it air out a little bit. And that's just enough time to come back. The pie is out. And it's just perfectly warm. It's melting the ice cream just a little bit, you know, just around the edges. It gets a little melty. It's quite nice. I like to mash my ice cream into the crust. I don't know if you guys like to do that. You get a little bit of the buttery crust with the ice cream. That's uh, that's what I'm all about. What kind of pie, though? Oh, yeah, pumpkin. Pumpkin. But, I mean, I mean, if, if I'm at the Caldwell's, I can usually have both. Jess's mom makes you like this year. She made four pies, two apples, oh. two pumpkin. So no one, Jeez. no one is like fighting over the last piece. Like there's enough pie to go around, so I can have both. Nice. I think the uh, the desserts gotta be, well, not gotta be. Oh, again, teach the wrong kind of deal. But uh, 
given how like heavy and like you know heavy the dinner is you can like go over the top with sweetness so i love a nice like pecan pie uh mm. sugar pie if there's any like east coast maritimers here know what sugar pie is it's basically just brown sugar mm. condensed milk like into like an inch that yeah. sugar pie. uh my mom does this like um coffee cake which is like ridiculous uh but again like so sweet and like dense and like like heavy for a dessert but i mean to branco's point about like it's uh you know uh, an object in motion stays in motion so you just got to kind of keep eating um so you can manage yeah. that uh so yeah like a bit to ronnie's point branco's point where it's like di uh, dessert you clear the table so what that like if you're involved with clearing the table so if you're a guest or you help out with that if you're at home and you got to go outside and just get some fucking fresh air, sure. But then, like, you come back in and it's like it's dessert time. So nice. And it's dessert yeah. time. So, yeah. yeah, I I'm with you guys. Like, if I'm pasted to the chair, we might as well just keep this party going. <laughs> like, because I don't know. I find as soon as I get up, I'm looking for an open floor space to like. <laughs> so. I don't even know if I could make it to the front door like you guys and, and get some fresh air. I'd probably just hunker down in the living room and lay on the floor under the coffee <laughs> table sort of thing. But uh, mine is an apple crumble. Mm. I love apple crumble uh, this time of year. Uh, my family tradition is to do like a cherry cheesecake, Whoa. but that's for almost every event. Yeah. Yeah. Mom does a real, real good really? cherry cheesecake. It's not it's not super tall it's almost equal layers with the graham cracker crumble and then the the cheese layer and then it's that super fake nasty cherries which is also it's really so good and, and really <laughs> good yeah so um and i think what really makes her cherry cheesecake is just that like it's not a huge heaping rich cheese layer it's not double or three times the size it's that they're almost all equal um which is really nice so uh yeah the cherry cheesecake or and let's be honest i'm probably taking a piece of mm. each uh it always makes me feel bad when everybody's asking like do you want to you want this or do you want that or do you want one of both and i'm like the only guy that's like i'll take take both please <laughs> uh, no i bet your in-laws appreciate that they're making it you're you're putting it back know. Nothing That's worse. Nice. There's nothing I worse than so. having your host in a dinner party and no one wants to eat what you're serving. Oh, so I don't know what that would be like. But yeah, <laughs> I know Betty likes when we. You're doing good work. You're making other people feel good by fucking destroying your gut. Your mm. gut. That's the point. Though. Cheesecake. I gotta say, cheesecake. That might be the one dessert that, like, if I'm like obscenely full, like there's no room left. Like I could almost barf or fall over. I'm I'm still <laughs> I'm still making room for cheesecake. I will never ever say no to a piece of cheesecake. It's well, I, I love it that much. That'd be che cheesecake and then white bread, peanut butter, and olives too, right? Though, Ron, like that's a, that's your that's your that's a, that's your staple. I never did peanut butter with olives. I'm pretty sure you did. It was either like craft single with olives. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the disgusting shit we've eaten, let's uh let's pay a little tribute to some unsung heroes and we're gonna keep this train on the rails and, and wrap up this episode. So instead of doing one of our closing things, we're gonna say thank you to a few unsung heroes. So who we got to uh 
to send some praise out to you guys. I can hit lead off on this one. I got to say, I would like to give thanks to the lunch lady at my kid's school, the, the woman that organizes the pizza day at school, part of the, the parent council. Um, these people are just doing the good work and, and they don't get enough thanks. And it's a real pain in the ass to every Friday be there to receive 50 or 60 pizzas and make sure that uh, every kid that ordered it gets their slices. I've loved going to help out, but uh, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't willingly sign up to organize and take all the cash and do all that stuff. So that's my unsung hero. The, uh, the parent, the student uh, parent council at schools. Blanche, uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought long and hard about this. Uh, conscientious drivers is my fucking unsung <laughs> heroes. So people, <laughs> so a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a backhanded thing here, right? But uh, people who fucking use their blinkers, like more, more than, more than like a fraction of a second before changing lanes. Like, so they like, they've signaled that they're coming over. Uh, and then people that wave when you let them in people that, so yeah, blinkers, oh, the blinkers, the waves. I don't like the hazards, like fucking pick your hand up and wave at me. And then, uh, I'll still take the hazards and then, uh, people who don't block the box. So you're downtown traffic for those of us driving downtown and it's like rush hour or whatever. And like, someone's trying to like, you know, it's a left-hand turn and it's like, oh, I'm just going to squeeze in. And then you're fucking stuck in the middle and you're screwing it over for everybody else. <laughs> Unsung hero is the guy who stays at the fucking light and is like, you know what? There's going to be another opportunity for me to turn in like three minutes, so I'm cool. Unsung heroes, I applaud <laughs> you. Dave, even if we told you this podcast was no swearing, I think you would have swore anyway, so I don't even know why you asked about swearing or not. <laughs> no, but that I, I, I had the foresight that this was going to be coming out. So um, That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah i mean for, for me i i mean there's i think you could take this different many different ways but i just have uh, one son and he goes to daycare and all the ladies at my son's daycare are the unsung heroes man they they take care of our kids when we have to do our jobs and um they do like at least at my daycare the women are all amazing like even the ones that are in noah's room but like all the women that that are in all the other rooms everybody's like so pleasant there and the job is so freaking hard and i'm sure it's not like they're not making a ton of money um and they just take care of such they they, they take such good care of the kids and they're so kind and and uh you know they're just responsible for for like so much of my time of my child's time that i'm not around and uh, to see the, the the amount of work they put in is like yeah uh, I'm I'm very thankful for it and uh, I'm sure uh, you guys who've had kids go through daycare and are currently in daycare are also very appreciative but I just can't um, I just can't go without just like shouting them out man it's like it's a tough job and especially when they it's like three of them for like 10 15 kids I'm like good God like this sounds absurdly difficult and stressful on a day-to-day -day basis and to come out smiling is the 
is impressive. Franks, you stole mine, but I'm going to piggyback on yours. I My daycare provider is so good. Um, I'm going to leave it at that, but I also want to – I think we can all raise our glasses to some good neighbors. Like good neighbors coming home and seeing people out on the street that our kids play with or that our kids interact with that make us smile and make us happy and it makes it so easy to live where we live. And it seems like at least the four of us all have, uh, all have people in our lives on our street that make it easy for us to come home at night and know that our kids are safe or if anything went wrong, they'd have somewhere to go to find help or anything like that. So raising a glass to, to good neighbors. And if any of my neighbors are listening, you know who you are. I, uh, I really appreciate you. Yeah. Oh yeah. So with that, guys, that's the end of another episode. Davey, man, thank you so much for coming on and joining us and uh, and doing this wild, wild ride with all of us. We uh, we loved having you. Oh, thanks. It's, uh, it was great mucking up with you guys. Hopefully some people listen to this and start giving us money for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Branks and Ron, let's, uh, let's do it again sometime. What do you guys think? Beautiful. Yeah, man, that was sweet. Great app, boys. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We hope you like what the Grasscutter Social Club is putting out there. We can't wait to see you guys again in about a month with a new inductee to the Grasscutter Social Club. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast for any future updates and share with your friends who you think might also enjoy our pod. If you want to follow us on social media, check us out on Instagram at Grasscutter Social Club. Cheers, and until next time, take care.